and thank you for joining me. This is Jaded. I'm Jody. That was Nick. Hi there. Nick, tell us what key harmonica you just played. Oh, that was the key of E. Oh, I see. That could be I'm learning. <laughs> and it was beautiful, and we love it. Um, today is August 16th, 2019. It is a Friday. And for Nick and I both, it is what? Oh, it's six weeks since we've had a drink. <laughs> it is six weeks yeah. since we've had a drink. Oh, so that's what you wanted to talk about. I did, <laughs> okay. I did. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I, six weeks is a... Six weeks is a big deal. Yeah. And as you know, as I've been telling you, I've been having the cravings, temptations. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I hear you. Part of it, I'm not even sure if it's just that I can't the cravings or if it's just that I want to see if I can make it break. <laughs> what do you think of that confession, Nick? Make it make it break? Make you break. Make me break. Bring alcohol oh. over and see oh, if you'll yeah, just you were, you bottoms were, up. You were actually talking about that the day before yesterday where you were you had a, a craving and you wanted to go and buy a bottle of Fireball and you were going to bring it over here yep. and you asked me if I would be tempted enough to drink it with you. Yes, like and what would you do? What would I do? And I told you I think that that would be a tremendous temptation. It would it would be wrong of me, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, we're, we're both kind of committed to this recovery thing, but I know that you, we both have our moments uh, like that, exactly like that. Well, and we didn't clarify we did. in yeah. our last conversation. You were like, so Jody, what does this mean for you? Like, what are you going to do with this? And I turned around <coughs> you and I'm like, well, Nick, obviously you have something. And you're like, I am never going to drink again. Yes, I, that's right. And I can tell you because our podcast terminated a little early, we never got around to whether or not I upheld those same desires mm -hmm. as far as never drinking again. I think never drinking again is pretty harsh. Uh, you know, I would hope that I don't. I'm going to really try not to for a couple of years. I'm not going to say my whole life, right? You know, but for a couple of years, I'm going to try it. You know. And I know this is not the right question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you that ashamed of your drinking that you just feel the need to be abstinent for years? Jody, I don't just drink. When I drink, I drink to get drunk. I don't have just a glass of wine. I have like six glasses of wine. Right, but you have them in and quick succession. It's not like you're drinking no, for 24 hours no, straight. No, I, I get buzzed. You hit it hard for a couple hours, and then you go to bed. But the purpose of it is to get buzzed. It's not to enjoy uh, a fine wine or the taste of the uh, you know the classic beer, you know. Admittedly. Or, or even a fine whiskey. It's not. If I had a fine whiskey, I'd drink it just as fast as I do rocket whiskey. <laughs> right, true. I wouldn't savor this taste no, of taking no, sips. No, and warm it with my hands and all this. But no. much like a dieter allows themselves a cheat day. Here I am, devil's advocate again. I want a drink. <laughs> it's sometimes difficult to wrangle. All right, but you're right. I mean, that, it's the same kind of addiction. Food, alcohol. Uh, mess. Uh, you know, well, it's the same kind of regulation okay. of things that are not really yeah. good for you, but that you feel good well, the partaking thing is, in. My biggest worry with this whole thing is, is that because I, I know my pattern of drinking, um, I could probably do a binge on a weekend, okay? 
And, but at the I same time. A weekend. Oh, you're a little bigger than me. I'm talking today. You're like, I can do a weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, if I started on a Friday, I would probably end on a Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, the thing of it is, is it is horrible for my body. Yeah. I, I'm not a, a spring chicken anymore. And I have to be really careful uh, of what I'm putting into my body. And um, because I don't need diabetes. I don't need... Um, <laughs> Nobody needs diabetes. No, I don't need a liver failure. I don't need uh, whatever else, but kidneys shutting down or some shit. True. I don't need blackouts. I don't want tremors. I don't want night sweats. <laughs> you don't want blackouts. Too late, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know. Too late. Well, that's why it happened. So, and you don't want continued mm -mm. episodes of that? No, everything about it is, is not good. There's not one good thing about it except getting a buzz. I disagree. What's good about it? We're funnier. Oh. We find each other more engaging. We get into long conversations. We might be we can more, talk for hours. We might be obnoxious as hell when we're drunk. And we not just, to each other, just, apparently. No, we entertain each other. You know? That's yeah. not a bad thing. Aren't you yeah. supposed to entertain the guest in front of you instead of the one that never shows? <laughs> That's not a saying, but I'll make it one. No. I... So you're going to do devil's advocate here. I always do devil's advocate, but I don't see Why it. Why are you doing it? I don't see it as such. And the only reason I called it that was because there was a time when we were discussing something with your daughter, Luna, and I was asking her questions that I don't think you liked, and you said something about them, and Luna said, Dad, she's just playing devil's advocate. It's okay. And I never really saw myself as, well, I didn't label myself as a devil, put myself in clothes with a spear or anything. I... I just always like to look at a situation from a point of view no one else is, just to see how it might skew the perspective. In, in every group, there is one devil's advocate. And that person, generally speaking, is the one that's the most argumentative. Oh, are you saying I'm argumentative? Uh, yes, I do. I, I think you're argumentative. The ashtray's right there. But am I... Okay, I see someone who's argumentative who is doing it just to fight. Who? I think that's what someone who is argumentative. Oh. I think they're doing no, it just no. to rile the others. Argumentative. Okay, so you don't do that. I don't do it. Well, I, I do try you to push you to see of you you aren't seeing. Right. Which my ex used to say, Jody. Nobody asked for that fucking opinion. Or else just they said, Jody, drop it. <laughs> just, it was all good, and then you had to say that. And I... So why do you do that? You want your, I don't know. You, no, going back to our previous discussion here earlier, you want your voice to be heard. I want... And I want... I get, you know, I think ultimately it's validation. Validation. I want validations that the thoughts that manifest in my brain... A, are not ridiculous, are probably plausible. They might be outside of the logic. natural course or logic of things, but they are plausible. I want confirmation that I'm not the only one who thinks this. Or, or I, you know, I think that's all wrong. When I say that and it comes out and I hear it, I don't think that's what I want at all. What I want is to introduce a new idea that has not yet been considered. Well, it's... 
Because my brain comes up with it. My daughter Avery used to go, Mom, nobody's brain thinks like yours. I tend to disagree. All right, so you have this type of brain that comes up with these ideas that sometimes defy the world of logic, uh, and, but they're plausible, as you said. And so you'd like to introduce these because they're coming out of your head and at least be heard, right? And be, val into consideration. be validated for your idea. doesn't even have to be well, if accepted I say, well, as what they're going to do, but like, oh, you know, maybe we were some talking, people Yeah, last do week we like got that. into it about, um, about the funeral. Uh, that I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. Let's kind of let's let's explore that, Nick. So okay. first of all, we have to explain whose funeral. All right. So my my daughter is divorced, and has two daughters by a man named um, Bob, and um, so anyway, uh, they've been divorced for about five, six, seven years, something like that. He has custody of the two daughters. Uh, they're very sweet daughters. One is uh, 14, one is 13. And um, the he other day... He has a history he has of... A, he has a history of uh, alcoholism. He has a history of meth abuse. Okay. He has a history of uh, cocaine abuse. Never heroin? And uh, I wouldn't doubt that he has also tried right. heroin. Okay. Now, the pretense was that he was uh, sober and taking care of these two little daughters. And so it happens that uh, last week um, he went out to the oil field and hung himself, okay? So we hear about this. We find out then from the guys he works with that he was looking for uh, um, meth or cocaine. And um, prior to that, earlier in that day, but then he went out and uh, uh, killed himself. All right, so the fam we all know the family, and, you know, our granddaughters, my granddaughters <coughs> are there. Uh, I knew him very well. He and uh, Hazel were married for about 10 years. And um, I'd gone hunting with him. You know, so we, we were close. I mean, I didn't divorce him. Right. And so, um, and I, I, I felt, uh, you know, I liked his parents. And so we heard about the death, and we went, and um, I texted his mother, and I said you know, the usual things that you would say. And I said, um, you know, we're sorry to hear this, but she texted me back, thanks, um, uh, would you please in, uh, inform uh, Luna and Hazel, um, we, we don't want, uh, we would like not to invite you or any of your family to the funeral. And that includes my daughter, who is his ex-wife, whose daughters are there at the funeral, right? So anyway, I said, okay, um, not much. I wanted to respect the family's wishes. And on some level, I know that there's been so much friction in our family that uh, it would have probably caused uh, people to be upset uh, if we showed up, because uh, there has been um, between, especially between Hazel and this mo and this his mother family, yeah. and the family, uh, they, it's just been really hard. Um, they can't hardly look at each other, and so for us to show up would have been, I'm sure, troubling for them and hard to deal with, awkward. All right, so I said, sure, we won't do that. We'll, we'll do a, a little ritual here at home and, and um, you know, take care of it that way. And you were okay with that? And I was okay with that, yeah. I, I had no problem with that. And, th and then it came to light that your grandson's dad is going to attend the funeral. 
and right. he wanted to take your grandson. Yes, that's true. Uh, he wanted to take the grandson because it was his uncle who right. died. And, um, and he clearly was so, not uninvited, right? Yeah, but Luna, my daughter, called up Tina, asked her specifically, can Orion come? And she said no. Okay. Okay. And so that was settled. So now, uh, yesterday, the funeral was yesterday, uh, his dad, Steve, showed up at Luna, my daughter's door. Uh, I came to pick up Orion for the funeral. And Luna said, he's, you know, he can't go. Tina doesn't want him there. And he says, well, I, he doesn't care if he comes there with a bunch of, uh, of us workers from the union, you know, that right. Tyson worked for. That knew him, that yeah, cared about yeah. him. And uh, Luna said, no, Tina specifically said Orion should not go, all right? Well, did you call Jade? Jade was Tyson, Bob's wife. Oh, okay. Jade, interested. Jaded. Jade. All right, so Luna called Jade, his mm -hmm. wife, and um, she said, sure. Okay. So Steve drove up to the funeral with his... And hung with his buddies from the Union, and Orion was there. And they weren't there much more than about 10 minutes. And his boss came up to him and said, you've been asked to leave. All right. And so um, they had to leave. You know? And... Um, that was pretty much what you thought was going to happen. Right. Right? Yeah. And they had... Uh, funeral homes have, like, uh, security. Right. And they, the security people escorted him out and um, followed him down the street. So um, it wasn't a very, it would not have been a very inviting place to be to grieve Tyson's, or Bob's passing. Right. Right. And, and when, you, but told, you, had a when you told me this story, I, I want to know honestly, <clears throat> where did you think... I would fall. Like, because when you came to me with it, you were frustrated that you had to re-explain over and over to your daughter what the mother had said, and right. you felt that it had been stated clear. Right. And why you were having to reiterate again seemed almost annoying to you because it was clear. Yeah, but she doesn't believe what I say. She did not, could not believe that T Tina had asked me to tell her to not have anybody from our family go there, okay? Okay. She couldn't believe it. I don't know. Maybe it was so absurd. Oh, absent, I you know. share her sentiment. Yeah, and that's all. That's shocked. about all you knew, okay? That's all I knew. That's all you knew. And uh, so, anyway, so then you, before Luna even called Tina and everything else, mm -hmm. uh, you said, you know what I would do. <laughs> what yeah. did I say, Nick? You said, I don't care what they say, I would go there anyway. He was my friend, or he's my, uh, you know, buddy, or whatever, and my ex-husband, and I would go in there and... I have you know, a right have to a right grieve. To, to grieve there with I have a right to that closure. Yeah. I don't believe that any living person can truly speak for a dead person. No. As far as relating wishes oh. and desires, I don't think that there is a true mouthpiece that is left behind that can say what someone who passed would want. Well, what if they left a recording? Well, that would be very different. 
<laughs> I mean, that would be very different. But at the same time, you would have to look at, okay, when was recording done? Was he high on drugs? Was he drunk? Was he just recently rejected by someone? I mean, there's still... If you were to look at my life, okay, if I died, and if you were to ask any individual in my life who they thought I may or may not want at a funeral, do you think their recollection would be accurate? Um, it depends on, on the friends and family. These people have been really closely connected to our family. Um, and most recently, the fight over custody of the children. We both sat on either, sides of, either side of the court. Uh, we are staring each other down, and all of a sudden this whole... I mean, there's a lot closer, uh, a lot more material that needs to be looked at to understand why she, the mother of Bob, didn't want us there. I've sat at opposite sides of the courtroom with my own family. Well, I know. My family being on a completely different side. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you in the long run, over the course of my life, the things that are important, that matter, that you care about, are the families, are the connections, despite the mistakes, despite the fucked up behaviors or the... Ultimately, the underlying truth is there was love well, for these people. Okay, but I, I can't educate these senior citizens uh, into the concepts of love, uh, real love, when they're closed off to that conversation altogether. I'm not going to sit here and argue no, with the mother I... of her, the son who died, blew himself, his head off. Well, no, he uh, hung himself. I'm not going to sit here and argue with her. She's already, she lost her, her son. He was her prince. But I think it's easier for you to take that stance because you are not Hazel. Because you did not have a loving, caring, deep, committed relationship with someone that you created two lives with. Well, okay, Hazel actually went up there, ultimately, with, in, uh, with her, her boyfriend, James, and they took flowers, okay? James, who nobody knows, took him to the funeral home, and said, would you please give these to the girls? And then he left. And when he left, four guys followed him all the way up the street. And uh, they were in Luna's car, so he just... What is this, walking. a fucking mafia? It seems like it. This is in Fort Morgan or some shitty-ass little fucking town in Colorado, No, right? actually, no, it's in Longmont. What is with the heavily guarded funeral? I don't know. You have to ask Hazel. I thought it was rather amusing. Why? Why? Did they think we were going to... This is not a wedding. I mean, you crash the funeral? I, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, really, and this is my mind speaking, of course, as always, but it really makes me wonder if there are more curious circumstances to his death than we are aware of. Well, I'm sure there are. I mean, we're probably going to be pretty... I think the death certificate will put on there because it's a suicide, everything that was in the system, too. And that's public knowledge. That's public record. Are they going to say that he went up and down? That image, that image. Le I, it I stuck left with you, me. I left you with that image, huh? Yes, yeah. I mean, everybody knows an oil rig, right? It goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. 
and Nick made a funny off the wall thing about well, him. Well, it was kind of crude. Uh, tying to it and going up and down and up. Okay. Yeah, you hang yourself on that. But I, I mean, is could this woman be that powerful that she has her own heavies? No, the, these were people who I think could have been family or somebody to make sure that uh, this guy who brought flowers for Hazel's daughters was... You know, wasn't, what, what, well, if they I thought it was a bomb, they would have stayed with the flowers. Yeah, well, I know. I don't know, Jeff and Jody. I, I don't know. I, I... You know, I don't know. Uh, but the argument that you were making fit when you were making it before you had the additional information that right, you be, would... Because no. I had the same experience right. when my ex-boyfriend right, exactly. died of an overdose. Um, he and I had been back and forth. We were like the you know typical yo-yo of couples that you know are never going to make it there, toxic for each other, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is we were there for each other, and I was there for him in so many instances where he felt like he had no one, no family, no friends. Like I, I was there, and we shared those experiences, and... Friends who only knew the bad about what had gone on didn't want me anywhere near them. Yeah. Didn't want me to go to the funeral. I was not invited to, you know, they had other get-togethers to celebrate his passing. I was not, I was clearly <coughs> not invited to those. But his mother called me and said, would you like to come to his funeral? I know there are people who don't want you there, but... Jody, I know that you love my son, and I know that he loved you, and I did not always approve of your relationship, but this is not about me. This is about Byron. Well, she had some maturity. She had some maturity, for sure, uh, which I, I think that Bob's mom lacked. Um, yeah. And But the whole like posse thing kind of makes me think that she could be a very powerful manipulator, mm -hmm. and these could just be close community, close-knit neighborhood, whatever, and she may be controlling, you know, She may be asked some friends to keep an eye out for us. I don't know. I think that there is a natural pull in men when they see women and children suffering. I think there is a natural pull for them to want to protect them. Okay. And, and you get the little bit of mob mentality where it's like people are trying to cut. You're not going to touch them. You're not going to go five feet, even though they don't really understand why they're feeling those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think she fuels those by well, telling them everybody's evil. Everybody wants to. Nobody loves them. <coughs> like, uh, just rational human beings. Well, all right. So don't you have, you have an example of her controlling nature. The shit is really going to hit the fan now that he's passed away because. He no longer has custody. He's dead. Hazel no longer has to pay child support. He's dead. Now we have the grandparents, one of which is this controlling mother, um, and they have a joint, joint custody. The children are currently living with his widow, right. Jade, right. who has no claim to the children, all right? No, but may love them and have a bond yeah, with them. Yeah, he has a bond with them, right. So it becomes a real complicated sort of situation. The, ch the children are in their school where they live in a different town north of here, and um, Fort Lupton. And so they have all their best friends there. You know, they're 14 and 13. They're going to school. They're going to school. They like their te certain teachers, the whole ball of wax. You know? Right. Hazel wants custody, and Hazel should have custody. 
And, um, but I told Hazel, I said, look, maybe you need to move closer to them, you know, so that you can have a place up there and they can still go to school. And you don't have to take them away from their schools. Right. Exactly. It's a nice thought. You know, all right, that was an idea. So we'll yeah. see. But she's already filed with a lawyer. The lawyer has filed papers, getting this rolling already to get this. This is going to be a fight. And you know that this, his mother is going to raise hell. Well, and, and part of my argument for you going to the funeral, despite her request that you not, is for the girls. Because these two little girls, as you said, they live up there in this small community with this family, limited family, short, not big family that comes together. This is a small amount of people. Well, Jade lives there all by herself now. Their grandparents live way up in Evergreen. You know, they don't live close. Oh, I didn't know they didn't yeah. live. Oh, okay. No, it's just Jade, the dog, and the, and the okay. two girls and the little baby But sister. what the grandmother did when she said nobody else is allowed to come to the funeral, I feel like she took your granddaughters, isolated them in this confusing, sad, scary... Horrible situation. ...event where they've lost their father. She's cut them off from the rest of the world... They don't have anyone to validate their feelings. They don't have any loved ones that they can look at and see the same pain in their eyes to validate their pain, to know their father was yeah. important, to know that it is not just in this vacuum. Yes, that's correct. It was huge, and it affects everyone. And now the children trying to come out of this vacuum to regain a normal pathway in life, they're never going to be the same because they were never allowed to experience their fathers that they weren't. I, I just, I feel like it crippled them because they don't know they have support. They don't know other people are hurt and sad and confused like they are. We have no idea what she is telling them to feel. Well, we're, we'll be calling him, and Hazel will be calling him, and uh, I'm going to be speaking with them probably this weekend. And um, I mean, it, it. I feel like it just it has to get better. It can't. It can't stay horrible. But I. I was. I, I guess I was really triggered. Yeah, you did get triggered at, at that. With the well, situation. Well, I, I mean, I was. I had already gotten the text. I had processed it, you know. Oh no, you were angry. You know, but I Nick, was, you I were was worked up. Yeah. And and I felt like the whole time you were telling me that you were worked up for the wrong reasons. I felt like you were protecting this woman who was behaving irrationally, but at the same time, you know that she's behaving irrationally because of what she's going through. Yeah. And you were empathetic to that. I was. And I was not. You and know. still I'm not. <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry. <coughs> all right, well, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens down the road here with these girls. I'm going to call them tomorrow, I think, yeah, uh, and see how they're doing. Uh, Mandy has a phone, so I can call her on that phone. You know, so, anyway. I mean, uh, time will tell, right? Time will tell, yep, that's for sure. And I and I apologize, guys. Not too much content. I think that well, actually, there was a shitload of content. Whether you found it relevant and informative is another story. But our struggle uh, with sobriety. Da 
chapter three. <laughs> I know. Aren't we supposed to be on it? What is step two? Do you know step two, Nick? Uh, no, I, I'd have to look it up. Because we labeled our last podcast step one. Oh, this will be step step two. Is step one and a half? <laughs> one and a half. Okay, yeah. We still <laughs> on high, our way we still to two. High cravings, yeah. Oh, maybe two is the higher power part. Hmm. Yeah, we could be spiritual. Is it spiritual or is it weak? Because you are you are acknowledging that there's a higher power and you are powerless. Or wait, that's the first one. You're powerless yeah, to right, your addiction. Right. That's the first one. I don't know the we two. Should, yeah. we'll, we'll answer You can tell we're time. real curious about doing the 12 we'll, steps. Yeah, we'll uh, talk to you next time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of funnies here. But uh, this is Jaded. And Nick. And I'm Jody, and I really appreciate you guys listening. Take care. Take care.